to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham, bringing you this week's episode of Pat Novak for Hire. If you have any comments on the show, please feel free to email them to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Remember to cast your vote on Podcast Alley once a month, podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. And remember our listener survey, if you haven't filled that out, survey.greatdetectives.net. We actually got a comment on Pat Novak over on the home page on the Pat Novak page. He writes, "The most uh, Bill writes, the most amazing thing about Pat Novak is how the show deftly manages to walk a tightrope between brilliances and absurdity. Each episode is a cut from the mold mishmash of maladroit thugs, predatory women, uh, banal cops, and small-time megalomaniacs, all held in precarious unity by Novak's overheated dialogue and Jocko Madigan's booze-induced existential probity. Does it work? Like gangbusters. Good night, lover. Um, and Bill about summers arises it right. That's what makes this show work. Um, and it's a th- and it really is um, it really is a thing of uh, of beauty to listen to uh, because you would not think this show would work uh, if you sat down and said okay here's the idea you got this guy he's not really a private investigator uh, but people come and offer him money for things and then he always uh, stumbles in gets knocked out and finds himself accused of murder. Uh, I don't know if people, uh, if we would think that we'd find it entertaining, but you listen and you're like, wow, it does work. So, fantastic summary. Thanks for the comment, Bill. Well, we're going to get into today's episode in just a second. Before we do, I want to encourage you, as you make your hosting plans for the new year, uh, if you got to start a business or if you want to start that personal website and want lots of, ba- of space with no limits on bandwidth, then just remember our host, the world's number one web host, one and one. Just go to hosting.greatdetectives.net, uh, and uh, we I I use them and I recommend them to you. Uh, re, uh, consider them for personal, small business, big business, and even just uh, domain purchases. Hosting.greatdetectives.net. Um, but let's get into today's episode of Pat Novak for Hire. Uh, this one is called. Give envelope to John St. John. Pat Novak. Higher. says, Pat Novak for hire. 
Down on the waterfront in San Francisco, you don't get prizes for being subtle. If you want to make a living down here, you got to get your hand in the till any way you can. You rob Peter to pay Paul, and then you put it on the cup. So I rent boats and tell a few white lies if the price is right. It's a happy life, if you don't mind looking up at a headstone, because sooner or later you draw trouble a size too big. I found that out Tuesday night. It was raining, and the street was as deserted as a warm bottle of beer. It must have been about 11 o'clock when I came out of the office and started down the waterfront. As I got near the corner, I stopped. An old man stepped out of the darkness and started across the street. It was a short trip because a car started up down the street and the old man couldn't have made it with a pocket full of aces. I started over to him. The car slowed down for a minute and then turned the corner and disappeared. As it passed under the streetlight, I caught a glimpse of the license plate in a dull, surprised way, the way you'd grab a feather out of an angel's wing. I bent over the old man and rolled him on his back. He didn't seem to be in pain. He was just an old man with the frightened look of a small boy in a storm. He was breathing hard as I cushioned his head. Please help me. Can you please help me? Like a big order, mister. Oh. Uh, I must talk to you. Well, if you've got any good quotes, you better get them off your chest fast. In my pocket. Inside my pocket. You please put your hands. Yeah. Here? Yeah. Sure. Two envelopes. What about them? One is money for you. You have the other one? So far. The other one. Please keep sealed. And you will give it to John St. John? John St. John? Yeah. Where does he live? I don't understand. It's not... I I want to tell you. You don't understand. Oh. He was right on that one. I didn't understand a thing, except he slipped out of my arms and stopped paying taxes. I dragged him over the side, and I went through his stuff. There was nothing there. No identification. Just a card with an address out on Haight Street. I opened the envelope, and $300 tumbled into my breast pocket. The other one was sealed. There was no name on it, but up in the corner there was some kind of marking. It looked like two crosses spliced together. There wasn't anything I could do for him except pray, and... I owe some back dues, so I went back to my office and called police headquarters. I told them where the old man was, and then I checked in the phone book. There was no John St. John listed. Well, it wasn't going to be easy to find him, and I only had two leads, that license number and the address on Hate Street. So I looked up the only honest guy I know, an ex-doctor and a boozer by the name of Jocko Madigan. A good guy, but to him a hangover is the price of being sober. I finally found him singing in a Mason Street bar. Jocko, I want to talk to you. Ah, Patsy, you're just in time for the counterpoint. I'm singing a song, a little sentimental thing from my childhood. Yeah, well, it'll keep. i got a problem. You'll always have a problem, Patsy, because you can't keep out of trouble. You know that, don't you? You have no self-control. All right, Jocko. You have no more self-control than a bucket of mercury dumped on a marble staircase. All right, now, shall we check the bright talk? I just saw a guy get killed. Oh, you, you are like some violent disorder in nature, some large but unprofitable storm. You keep whirling in circles, Patsy. If you ever go more than ten feet in one direction, it's because some woman is nine feet away. Then it begins all over again. Are you all through? Yes, get to the point. That's another of your troubles. You never get to the point. 
I just saw a guy killed ten minutes ago. How would that interest me? Are you uh, selling an eyewitness account? Some old guy got killed down on the Embarcadero. He checked out 15 feet away from me. Who killed him? I don't know. Why do you care? Professional jealousy? Some car came out of nowhere and clipped him. You sure it wasn't an accident? Yeah, just like the Berlin blockade. When you stopped needing me, Jocko, I told you a guy got killed. He was murdered right in front of me. I gotta find a guy called John St. John. How St. John? John St. John. I don't feel like vaudeville tonight, Jocko. The old man gave me $300 to deliver a letter, and I made him a promise. Well, you can break it now with only the slightest risk. I got the license number of the car. Now, I want you to hop down and look it up, and then check at headquarters to see if the guy's got a record, will you? I don't like policemen. They depress me. Check it. I gotta go out to Hate Street. Huh. What kind of neighborhood is it out there? Well, it's not exactly a neighborhood. It's, it's more like an architectural afterthought. A lingering defense against the early California bear. All right, all right. No speeches. Just check on that license plate, huh? Now, if I'm not at my place, try this address. Yes, that's always very interesting at this time of night. Good night, lover. <laughs> Jocko was right about the neighborhood. When I left him, I doubled by my place and left the envelope. I put it inside another envelope and stashed it behind some books, and then I headed out to look up John St. John. Oh, it must have been about midnight when I got there, and it was a kind of a neighborhood where a for rent sign reads like a ransom note. I found the place, though. It was an old rooming house, a third-floor apartment. I knocked at the door, and when she opened it, I knew it was time to wire home for money. A tall, blonde blister with lots of Fahrenheit. He stood there leaning against the door, smiling, looking at you as if you had gold-plated muscles. It gave you a weak feeling where your dinner ought to be. And her voice came right out of the oven. Well, you're out kind of late. Yeah, I'm looking for a guy named John St. John. Oh? Won't you come into my cobweb? Sure. For a spider, you're nice and chubby. Oh, I'm a spider man. My name's Lee Norton. You want to write it down? I'm Pat Novak. I'm looking for a guy named John St. John. You seem to be running a temperature on the subject. Sit down? Yeah, the couch will do. I'll bet you carry rainy nights in your pocket. All right, now let's get out of the woods, Angel. I'm looking for a guy. I know you're wearing out the pass. I don't know a John St. John. A dead man was carrying around your address. He was? That seems rather futile. Yeah, an old guy about 60. He got killed crossing the street. He should have had a boy scarf in. I don't know anything about him, Mr. Novak. Despite occasional temptations, I don't collect 60-year-old men. Well, he was looking around your address. Why? I don't know. Maybe he admired me from afar like a sunset or something. No, he stopped admiring sunsets about 20 years ago. I see. What are you, the avenging angel? He gave me a sealed envelope. And you were supposed to give it to a man named John St. John. That's right. He gave me 300 bucks to ease the pain. I forget that. You don't look like the charitable type. He was a nice old guy, so I'm going to find his boy. Maybe I can help you. Well, you've got a clear, fast track. Let's see you go. Well, I told you I don't know John St. John, but I'll do this much. Yeah, I know. You're going to be big-hearted and offer to take that letter just in case you ever meet someone named John St. John. What? You brought along your crystal ball. Your hand's shaking, baby. Maybe it's the wind. You better hold it. You need a handrail, friend. Yeah? What are your plans? I'm open-minded about it. Mm-hmm. You're a nice Spider-Man. Yeah. The wind's getting a little worse, isn't it? Yeah. Wish you'd act a little more surprised, though. I'm not. When I walked in, I could see you had both arms broken. Did you pay the rent this month? Keep the kettle on. I'll only be a moment. Hello, Lee. If we're early, just give us a magazine. No, come on in. Well, 
Just enough for some bread. You're right. You're only gone for a moment. Who are your friends? Well, I don't sulk. Did they lock the manhole before they left home? His name's Novak. Yeah? That's a pretty name. It don't rhyme with anything, but it's pretty, huh, Joe? Yeah, it's all right. Let's have the letter, Novak. You got hold of a bad rumor, fella. The one I got's good. Let's have it. I don't want to strain your mind, Junior, but try to understand I don't have a letter. Ask him again. Go on home, mister. You're not going to get anything out of me except a small tip. Now, if you're a good boy, I'll give you a nickel for your friend, too. All right, Joe. Hold him up. Yeah. Just a minute. He's got a head of hair. Hold him up. All right, Mike. That's enough. That's enough. All right, baby. Don't look so sorry. You can't have everything. It's easy to sleep if you got the right friends. When those two gunnips were through, I hit the floor and made Rip Van Winkle look like an insomnia victim. I didn't like the floor, but it was in better shape than my face. I don't know how long I was there, but it must have been a couple of hours. I rolled over once and tried to get up, but it was like trying to barbecue a cake of ice. There was a sick, sweet smell in the room. I tried to place it, but my nose was out on strike, so I went to sleep again. The next thing I knew, it sounded like New Year's Eve. Here you go, Uh, Betsy. uh, Up on the couch. What's the matter? Nothing. If you're a kitchen stove, the room's full of gas. Oh. Or open the window if you're going to turn on the gas. Some of my playmates, I guess. Well, you you weren't at the apartment, so I tried here. Yeah. What time is it? Two o'clock. Who got the quaint idea of the gas chamber? The girlfriend. It was love at first sight. I see. Let's go home to bed. I'm getting used to floors. That old man started a ball game, Jocko. When I mentioned John St. John to this girl, she turned banker and brought in the gunsels. Did she get the letter? I left it at home. Oh, you're getting smart. Yeah. Three hundred dollars worth. They looked at my dough. Uh, you couldn't have used it where you were going. Yeah. I've checked on that hit-and-run car. It's listed under the name of Sidney Bronson. Has he got a record? No. Everybody's a beginner. Well, let's go home. Oh, it'll be dull, but you'll get used to it. Wait till I wash my hands. Yeah, go ahead. Hatchie! Yeah? What did your girlfriend look like? Was she the lively type? Yeah. Why? What's the matter? Because she's not anymore. Yeah. Those gunsels play rough. She's kind of pretty. What did she do besides sending out vibrations? I don't know. But she knew all about John St. John. Yeah? She picked up the bait like a hungry bass. Also, look at that ring. How'd you get around to that? The insignia on it. The same one that's on that envelope. Spliced crosses. Let's go home, Patsy. The police will be here. Yeah. Even Hellman will know she's dead. Come on, we better go. On your way out the door, Jocko, try it sideways because I think it's blocked. Hello, Novak. You look pale. It's my color scheme. What do you care, Hellman? None. She looks peaceful. Yeah, I'll be quiet or you'll wake her up. Yeah, I'll tiptoe. You always cut her throat before she goes to sleep? Who is she, Novak? I don't know. It's awful cozy here for a bunch of perfect strangers. I don't know every dead girl in town, Hellman. You'll have to check. You can still write, can't you, Novak? Hmm? That's all you'll need down at headquarters. Come on. Oh, get out of the haze, Hellman. You don't know who's dead yet, but you're going to book somebody. Yeah. What are you doing up here, appraising the joint? I came up to find a guy named John St. John. She doesn't look like a guy named John St. John. She was my lead. I came up here to smell out a rat. She had a half Nelson on me when two gunsels walked in. They came up to fix the gas meter, I think. You stay out of this. I'll make every effort. Now, if you're smart, you'll fingerprint this place, Hellman. 
These boys were cute. They've been in somebody's jail. I'll handle my job. You stick to murder. You'll go a long way to pin this on me, Hellman. I can go a long way, Novak. Not with what you've got to drag. We get a call in the middle of the night, come up here and find you standing over a dead girl. That's right. And you want me to sprinkle powder all over. Back up and take a better look, Novak. Oh, the view's fine, Hellman, and if you'll take a good look, you'll know why. You haven't got anything to give the DA except a slim lead and a fat hand. You're going to need help. Not on this one. You need help to find the street. Come on back to center, Hellman. Even with both hands, you couldn't Yeah. Forget it. So take the medicine like a good boy. I'm not going to walk out and let the two of you tour the town. I'm going to book one or both of you on a murder charge. All right. Book Jocko here, then. I love you in a generous mood. You got a string, then, Hellman. Somebody's got to find John St. John. Who's going to find Jocko? Oh, stop worrying. I'll bail you out. You haven't got the right size heart, Novak. You let him die on the vine. Hellman, sometimes you're guilty of unexpected wisdom. I know it's reflex action, but it's consoling anyway. I want you, Novak. I want you bad. I'll take this guy as a down payment, but I'm going to close out with you. Remember that. I will. All right. Come on, mister. Wait a minute. Patsy, you're not going to let him lug me off like this. What else can I do? The guy likes you. It was a bum curve to throw Jocko, but somebody had to dig us out of a hole. Jocko wasn't the boy. He can't shovel dirt with a bar rag. I had no idea where to start. There were two murders, and they were both tied up with this John St. John. He didn't look like a good guy to know. Then there was that insignia, too. The one on the letter and the one on the girl's ring. Sure, it could be a coincidence, but that's what they said about Bluebeard. The only thing I could do was open that letter, so I went back to the apartment. I didn't have to turn on the light. They were running in pairs tonight. She was sitting there on the couch, proud of a pair of long, silk legs, and smiling like a guy who knows he's got a million bucks in the bank. She was blonde, too. A little more lemon juice, maybe, but blonde anyway. She was nice and comfortable, and I got the idea she'd just signed a lease. Good evening. How do you do? Not very well so far. A sly remark, Mr. Novak? No, I'm just bringing you up to date. Your girlfriend's dead. Yes? Yeah. The gas jet's out in the kitchen. It is? I think that's supposed to be mysterious. You clear it up, then. Find a name for yourself and a reason why you picked out my furniture. Oh? Do you mind my being here? I just want to know your name before I throw you out in the hall. Mr. Novak, I'll bet you're awfully slow when it comes to throwing somebody out in the hall. Not if they can bounce as well as I figure you can. When you do throw me out. Throw the letter out, too. All right, now, I've already had a dress rehearsal. The answer's no. Well, at least I know where you stand. By the way, why are you standing? Please sit down. Hmm? Yeah. Who's John St. John? Don't be redundant, Mr. Novak. Who is he? If you want that letter, you know him. Don't shout. I'd like you better if you could. I don't need your vote. Who's John St. John? I don't know him. You want that letter because you collect stamps. I want it. And you'll have to take my word. I don't know John St. John. You worth breaking your heart over. Look, there's a good guy down in the clink sweating on a murder rap for me, so I want John St. John. You've got nice friends. Who's Sidney Bronson? How does that fit into the picture? This started with a waterfront corpse. The leftovers belonged to an old guy that was hit by a car. The car's registered in the name of Sidney Bronson. Mr. Novak, you seem so intense. It's a pity to waste it on random speculation. Now, look, I told you, lady, I got a friend in the jug. Loyalty's a nice trait. One of your nicest. Yeah. You're a pretty thing, Patsy. Let's don't get fooled by the rapper. I'll take a chance. Anybody ever brief you on trouble? Mm-hmm. You're hard to see that far away. Come on over into focus, Patsy. Yeah. You're pretty, Patsy. You look like you're on a bill of sale. I'm a gentle kind, Novak. I'd just like to break your ribs. Go ahead, I can get a brace. Come here. 
what you're going to say when you find out about this gun? Huh? That's right, sweetheart. My finger isn't hollow. Back up and take a look at the gun. <laughs> you got to that purse, huh? That's right. You've ruined my confidence. I'll give you a testimonial. In the meantime, I want the letter. You go after everything the same way. I want the letter. It's in the desk. Come on. Right here in the top of the door. All right. Go, Stanley. I'm already here, lady. All right, now come on, stop the gun. Let go of my arms now. That's your version. Let go of me. Let go of me. help you on John St. John. But I wouldn't worry about that fellow, Sidney Bronson. Hmm? Why? Because I'm Sidney Bronson. See you soon, Patsy. I let that one sink in for a minute, but it got about as far as my brain and ran out of gas. She wasn't driving that murder car, otherwise she wouldn't get that talkie began to look like a big, fat, well-fed double-cross, and John St. John was holding up his end. I had to find out what was in that letter, so I made tracks for the bookcase. All I could do was browse, because the letter was gone. Whoever took it didn't even leave a tip. I thought of the girl, but that didn't make sense. And I thought of John St. John. That made lots of sense. Things didn't look rosy for me or Jocko. I was about to buy a file and bake a cake when the phone rang. Yeah. Hello, Novak. Oh, Hellman. The coroner got a report on that dead girl. That's pretty close. What's he got? A stopwatch? Fifteen minutes either way. Those fingerprints panned out, too. Yeah? A couple of L.A. strong-arm men. Well, that's new for L.A. You got a call out? We already picked him up. Your favorite's named Welcome Danglers. I could make a joke. I already got one. They're set up with a perfect alibi for 12.30. That means I killed the girl. Nobody's arguing. I, uh, got some more news. Yeah? I'm out at Seal Rock. You got the figure for it. We just found an envelope floating around the water. You found an envelope, so what? No, the envelope turns out to be in some guy's pocket. Come on out. Well, that only meant one thing. Whoever took that envelope out of my place got popular. It was getting late, so I grabbed the cab and rode out to the beach. When I got there, Hellman was standing down near the water. He had Jocko with him. The surf was rolling in, and Jocko wasn't much better. Hello, Patsy. Hiya, Jocko. How's jail? Dry. Thanks for coming, Novak. You're sweet. Where's the envelope? Here. Yeah, the same one. That makes you look good. There was a letter in here. Did you take that with the guy's money, Hellman? You got all there is. <laughs> this guy on the beach is the third one. It's my opinion the case will solve itself. We're running out of people. Who is the guy? His name's Walter Avery. Here's his stuff. Yeah, what's left? Well, this spliced cross really gets around. Ah. It keeps bobbing up. Here it is on the guy's fountain pen. I'm going to run this guy through the morgue, and then I'm going to look you up, Novak. Yeah? Sure. We want you down with us. That's right, Patsy. I'll introduce you to all the best people. Good night, lover. Well, it was close to five, so I tagged by my place for some sleep. I tossed around like a fish on the living room rug. Hellman called about nine to throw more dust in my eyes. He said one of the airlines had a passenger to Portland named Walter Avery. Just to make it tough, the guy made the 12 o'clock plane and got off at Portland. Well, I had left field all to myself. 
I got dressed and looked up Sidney Bronson's number. There was no answer, so I went over. The place was locked, and I looked up the janitor. He wasn't going to let me in, but it turned out his wife had a birthday coming up. Sidney's apartment was real high-powered. I don't know where she got the dough, but I knew I wasn't going to find a tin cup and pencil. What I found was lots better. A card with that same insignia, a spliced cross. The card said, Bellcrest Sanitarium, and down in the corner there was a guy's name, Dr. Emil Schoenig, psychiatrist. Vienna without the walls. The Bellcrest Sanitarium was down near San Carlos, so I borrowed a new Nash from a guy I know and headed down that way. Everything was fine until I got in the front door. They didn't even let me register. I woke up on a couch in Schoenig's office. It was dark outside, and my left arm was throbbing like a love story in a woman's magazine. The radiator sitting next to me was Sidney. You're a deep sleeper. Mm-hmm. I think I got some help. What happened to my arm? Hypodermic. You only need one arm anyway. In your case, I need a spare. Who did it? Dr. Schoenig. He's a darling boy. Where is he? Out on the phone, trying to figure out what to do with you. What's that make me, a patient? Mm-hmm. That's one way of putting it. You made things easy. We were coming to you for the letter. Huh? You want to try that over again? We were on our way when you stumbled in. You're wrong, Sid. Somebody's giving you a fast pitch. That letter was gone when you were up at my place. I don't want a bum rib, Patsy. I want that letter. You're trailing a field angel. I told you, the letter's gone. A guy by the name of Walter Avery took it out of my place. Walter Avery? That's right, and somebody thanked him. They found him this morning making like a dead seal. Walter Avery left for Portland last night. A plant, sweetheart. You better read up on your friends. Yeah. Thanks, Patsy. I told you to watch him, Sid. You had more shots. What's the difference? Uh, none, I suppose. Why don't you mix us a drink while I talk to Mr. Novak? I'll be right with you. Well, Mr. Novak, you're one of my best patients. That's because I like your needles. You better go easy on that drink. Yes? Why? You'll get drunk and run somebody down the way you did that guy on the waterfront. Oh? A good guess. You should be proud. That's a good, sensible, final emotion. Here's your drink, Emil. Thank you, my dear. It's to Mr. Novak. Sorry, there's no drink for you, Mr. Novak. You probably will be. Huh? Forget it. Emil, I talked to Mr. Novak before you came in. He thinks you're a heel. He does. So do I. Oh, I can stand it. He told me about Walter Avery. I'm sorry about that. Walter got that letter. You killed him and took it. I was supposed to blunder around until you got rid of me, too. That's a bum joke, Emil. You're getting hysterical. With laughter, Emil. You put one of your boys on that plane. Only Novak aired the wash too fast. Suppose I did. Somebody ought to bring you up to date, Sidney. You've been hanging on too long. The free ride's over. I might as well tell you now. You're all through. I can't. The whole bunch of longer than And I'm all through. Steady, Emil. What's the matter with me? What's the matter with me, Sid? Give him a hand, Novak. He just had a bad drink. You wouldn't do that, Sid. I'm full of surprises. You've got a stomach full of poison. You've got a stomach full of poison in 15 seconds, Emil. <coughs> Put that gun, Emil. I want you to sit. Please, Emil, put down the gun. I will stop this cross. This happened kind of fast for an over. What's the noise, huh, Patsy? Yeah. I'll get you a pillow. I'd rather have your lap. You get mercy, not love, baby. Thanks for small favors. Not so good. That was the three and two pitch. Yeah, I had it coming up. <laughs> 
I'll tell you about John St. John. I know. There was no such guy. That's right. It was the name of the group. Those spliced crosses? Yes. Found out a little late. It's always that way. That's the way I found out about you. Yeah? I had a funny hunch about you and me. I found out a little late. But I know now, Patsy. Does that help? buying and selling government information. That old man tried to tell me, but he checked out too fast. I began to figure something like that when those spliced crosses started showing up. Shoney killed the old man in Sidney's car. He couldn't stop because I was around. The two girls and Walter Avery were both in on the deal. Shoney knew who I was when he saw me go into my office. He tailed me to my place and left Avery there to look for the letter. He killed that girl up in the rooming house, and then he found out she didn't have the letter. When Avery showed up, he took it away from him and threw him to the fish. Shoney was trying to shake Sidney by sending her up to my place after he had the letter. The scheme went haywire when I showed up at the sanitarium. He was trying to work himself out of that one when the payoff came. John St. John? Yeah, right from the start, Jocko said he was either dead or in the state pen. Because anybody with a name like John St. John would have killed his parents as soon as he got old enough to find out about it. Worked out all right. They found the letter out at Schoenig's place. There were some plans for guided missiles and a few other trifles. Well, Hellman asked only one question. How come Schoenig didn't kill me before I could talk to the girl? Well, it's always that way with a guy who commits murder. Either he goes too far or he doesn't go far enough. Radio Service has just brought you Pat Novak for Hire, starring Jack Webb. Pat Novak is produced by William P. Russo. Jocko Madigan is played by Tudor Owen. Inspector Hellman is played by Raymond Burr. Music was composed and conducted by Basil Adams. Be with us again next week when over most of these same stations we'll bring you Pat Novak for Hire. Pat Novak for Hire was previously released by ABC, the American Broadcasting Company, for listeners in the United States, and rebroadcast for our men and women overseas. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio Service, the voice of information and education.
Welcome back. Well, this episode really broke formula in a few ways, and I, th I think it worked. Um, that uh, Maddox, Jocko Madigan showed up in record time uh, with this trip to the uh, with this trip over for uh, some booze, and uh, Novak's motivation was entirely uh, different. It was very almost altruistic because he'd gotten the money. And as uh, as uh, Jocko pointed out, he could have just pocketed the money and uh, gone on from there. Um, but uh, he didn't. He definitely did a noble turn here. Uh, so, uh, so it was really impressively done. Uh, but, of course, we get to the same uh, ending where Novak uh, sits back and watches the villains kill each other and then just does the cleanup. Um, well, Hellman, I think, does more of the cleanup. But anyway, all right, well, we're going to wrap this up. If you got any comments, send them to podcastalley.greatdetectives.net. Uh, That's where you can cast your vote. Um, remember to email me, uh, box13 at greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.